is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And welcome to the bullpen on this Tuesday afternoon. Nice and cloudy out there. Good day to just hang out, open up your ears, and uh, it's a little warmer too. Yeah, it's not too bad out there, it's, really. It's is supposed it? to be in the you know mid fifties today, so it's it's amazing how how much warmer that feels after you've dealt with the thirties and forties recently. You know, you're not lying, man. I I remember when I was in college up there in your neck of the woods where you grew up, and you know it would be in the uh, the twenties and thirties yeah. all winter long, and then finally it's like forty degrees. 30, windows down 39 degrees with the with t-shirts like the, out yeah clear skies <laughs> for the first day and you're yeah. like wow no no jacket necessary it's it's amazing how cold it can feel with uh a cloudless day yeah just how well, you look outside and you see snow on the ground because every time it snowed or frosted the next day it would be a beautiful sunny day but no one would want to be outside because they can't you're making people flinch here because they remember what happened last year well, not last year. It was two years ago. It was, two, it was 20, Even 21. Last year. But yeah, last year we got two snow Two seasons too, ago. Didn't, didn't we get snow last year? Too? Well, yeah, we did, but it wasn't like that. I'm tired. Why is it when I moved here, all of a sudden we get snow three out of the five years that I've lived here? I guess you're bad luck, dude. That's crap. Yep. Yep. Well, we, uh, we appreciate you joining us today here on the bullpen. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. Yeah, we don't talk weather too often. <laughs> 512-834-1027 is the number if you want to join in today. Uh, lots to get to today. Uh, did you hear about this? We've talked about this before uh, here on the bullpen, but uh, this a widow asking uh, $55 million from the, the NCAA for her ex-USC linebacker husband's death, Matthew G. No. You remember this? Uh-uh. Attorneys have asked a jury this week to award $55 million to Matthew G.'s widow. Uh, he was, you know, of course, the former USC football player. This is a landmark case accusing the NCAA of failing to protect him from repetitive head trauma that led to his death, they say. He was a hard-hitting linebacker on the 1990 Rose Bowl winning squad. Gotcha. That's why I don't remember that. No, but they, they <laughs> say he endured countless blows that caused permanent da- brain damage, and they say led to cocaine and alcohol use that eventually killed him at age 49. Yeah. This is uh, how lawyers close their argument with this. So it's, re- it's the first case of its kind to go to a jury. And uh, attorneys for G told the, the Los Angeles Superior Court that uh, the gov- that the NCAA had known about it, the effects of head trauma in sports since the 1930s, but failed for decades to notify players of the risk or put rules in place to protect them. And uh, his widow Alana G also was in the courtroom. Uh, you know, says you can't bring him back. Uh, what, the, what the NCAA she says did to him was wrong. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, she says this is the only way they'll ever listen. So, 55 million dollars. Uh, apparently, G experienced a sudden cardiac death brought in, brought on by what they say was a long-standing hypertension and acute cocaine toxid, co- toxicity, uh, that he, and a raft of other issues and health problems and CTE. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is not you can't diagnose that until, uh, until you're it's got to be postmortem. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, which is uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, we're seeing it's a growing case. Head 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 injuries are just more and more being thrust into the spotlight. Yep. But uh, this really could pave the way for so many more cases like it. Good. Right. I hope it does. All these people deserve retribution, retrib- retribution for going through this. I know that they, uh, you know, they, it was their choice. They volunteered to be in the NFL or whatever, whatnot. They signed the contract. Sure, there's always uh, that. But, but but even back then, there was less on head safety. Uh, even now, and people are still dealing dealing with this now, dealing with. 
horrible head trauma. Look at Tua. He has, you would argue, one of the safest helmets the NFL has ever had, right, to this point. Right. And look what happened. Right. You, you At this point, what do we do? You just don't let the quarterbacks get hit in the head. Uh, and, yeah, but it's I mean, going to happen whether you don't let way, it happen you know? or not. You know? At this point, are you not? Is it going to be a uh, flag football for the quarterback? And I'm not saying that to be too facetious, but at this point, what do you do? I mean, it's a fair question because I love football. I love when the quarterback gets sacked. I love it when there's a big hit. But again, I'm also going to be thinking, "Oh crap, is that player going to be okay down the road because of this?" But see, in, in this case, it's not even just quarterbacks. We're talking about Matthew G. He's one of five linebackers on the 1989 Trojan squad who died before turning 50. Right. Well, that's what he I'm was saying. Teammates with Junior Seau. Yeah who committed suicide in 2012. And he had CTE. And, uh, yeah. And, sure. and G's brain was examined posthumously, and but that they was, found it was CTE as well. Yeah, that was my point. I, I'm not just labeling the quarterback. No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm saying any big hit, you worry about it. But typically I, I, I remember, God, it was 2002, Daryl Jackson of the Seahawks got hit in the head so hard, they said it almost killed him. And he was out, and he probably came back six weeks later. Even though that hit could have killed them, like an inch in a different direction. Yeah. You know? And he was on the ground. He looked dead. It was incredibly scary. And that was back in 2002. Guys get knocked you know? around when they get... Uh, I mean, it, it it is. It's creepy looking when you know a guy's taking a serious blow to the head. Especially when they try to get up and they get that wobbly, wobbly baby look. giraffe thing. Yeah, and that you know? look on their face. Yeah. Their, dro- their face droops. Yeah. Or in Tua's case, you know, his his... Hands kind of went rigor mortis a bit. That was real which creepy is looking. Really tough to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and perhaps one of the uh, one of the sadder parts about this whole story here about Matthew G is, if I'm not mistaken, today uh, would have been his birthday. Jeez. Oh, so you know. Uh, so Ugh. on the one hand, you could say that. On the other hand, it looks yeah. like you know perhaps his widow has secured a, a, a 55 million dollars in this. Uh, so they're they're asking for that jury. I think would still I'm have sure to they award. probably won't give them all that, but they probably will get. Somewhere, somewhere close to a, that. A good chunk yeah. of it, probably. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we also know now the uh, Virginia-Virginia Tech football game that was in question, scheduled for Saturday, has been canceled in the wake of yeah, that shooting earlier this month. any of those players ever wanted to play. Now, I, you know, I, I, I could have gone both ways sure. on this one. You know, had the players said, hey, let's, let's go ahead and play this for them, mm-hmm. I totally would have understood. Had the players decided, you know what, we just don't want to do it, totally understood. And, and uh, so either way. Sure. I get, I get this decision. Yeah, know. definitely, and it it seems like circumstances. Uh, in, I don't want to say on how it happened, but I think with how this happened, you would think, and how sudden it was, and how tragic it was. I mean, if they were to die, I, I don't even want to try and compare it to another way of dying. But yeah. you know, I'm just saying the you. way that this happened, I feel like. Probably, you know, it's traumatizing. These are just kids. Of course. How could it not? How could it not? So I I don't blame them one bit for not wanting to play this game. Now, this cancellation, though, effectively ends both seasons for the Cavaliers and the Hokies. So the Cavaliers end end at 3-7 and and the Hokies at 3-8 and on the season. But, you know, you understand why. Everybody understands why. And so... uh, You would hope this isn't held against these kids who were maybe on the cusp of some sort of NFL career or career beyond right. football in that way. It doesn't they, – they don't look at these two games and think, well, they didn't play – they didn't get to pad their stats enough, so they didn't look 
good. Right. You know, at this point, two games left, you know what you're going to get in these kids. So right. hopefully it's not held against them in any sort of way beyond this if it had to do with this game. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Of course, the most tragic part of this is uh, wide receivers Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis, and uh, linebacker Deshaun Perry all shot and killed. Uh, allegedly by Christopher Darnell Jones last week on a charter bus returning from a class trip. Running back Mike Hollins, though, who was shot, has been released from the hospital this week. Uh, And also a a fifth student, Marlene Morgan, uh, also recovering at home with family as well. So, you know, at least we've got some recoveries on the horizon here. Uh, Christopher Darnell Jones, meantime, charged with three counts of second-degree murder uh, with the use of a firearm and commission of the felony. Uh, he's also been charged with two counts of malicious wounding and an additional gun-related charge uh, related to the shooting being held without bail there in Charlottesville, Virginia. Very unfortunate go. situation that uh, absolutely could have been avoided. Yes, 100%. Like so many of these situations. Absolutely. Uh, moving on now, uh, Longhorns have moved up. I know you're not huge on, on uh, power rankings. <laughs> but, uh, Are these fan power well, rankings? Well, yeah, it's the Big 12 Fan Nation power oh, rankings. I like to pull these. I like to, I like yeah. to pull the... You know, I like to, to pull the yeah. Let me hear what them feel fans the pulse. Wanna, want to... What they think. Number three. The Longhorns, number three on, on the uh, latest Big 12 Fan Nation power rings. Number talking. three in the rankings, number, number three in the standings, number three in our hearts? Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like yeah, these are just, I mean, none of these are any, any serious big deal. You just talk about Longhorns country inside the Bears, Red Raider Review. They all vote, get together and vote every year, or, I mean, every week. Uh, Longhorns are like host- that Barstool Twitter uh, handles like or that. something like yeah. that on there. Okay. Yeah, uh, oh, Baylor. You said it's fan sided, right? It is fans. Okay, okay it okay, is fans. Okay. Uh, Baylor moves up on it. Oklahoma's moved up on it. Uh, it looks like Oklahoma State has fallen, not surprisingly. <laughs> uh, but uh, real unfortunate. So yeah, Friday. Is that a subtle jab at Oklahoma State. Well, it wasn't a jab. They, I mean, what? Yeah, they blew it. Yeah, yeah they it's, blew it. I mean, that's it's. I don't you know, know what happened. It's it's a justified comment yeah. aimed at Oklahoma State. Yeah, not a jab. You guys can pick it up. <laughs> you know, good luck. See you next you. year. Yeah, see you next year. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we've got uh, we've got Baylor coming to town on Friday to uh, take on the Longhorns. You like the horns on this one, right? Oh, I do. I, I do. I know. I I know Baylor looked good last week, yeah. but. At they did. Point, they they took it to the wire with TCU. They scared the hell out of the Horn Frogs. Yeah. At this point, though, it's it's the Bijan party. It's yeah. the Roshan party, man. Yeah. Like, let them run wild. Let them go to. It's their last home game. Let them go crazy. Let's hope at, they well, do. At least for Bijan, I don't know if Roshan's coming back or not. I I, 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 I don't know. Is he I've a junior? Heard. Is he a senior? Is he a, a sophomore? I don't. I, I should know this. Well, I had it's something. Very embarrassing. So I he's. I mean, the, they. Uh, Actually, I guess they they've uh, they could come back. They have the option. Uh, Roshan has the option to come back play for another season. Okay. I, well, and I know that uh, that Bijan does as well. I just don't think he will. I think he's he has eligibility to come back. I just yeah. don't think he's going to. Yeah. And I know that was a question that Sark was asked yesterday about that. But I, it could be the Roshan party next year if 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 Bijan leaves and he stays. Yeah. Well. All right. So we'll hear Sark about about what, you know, what you're talking about here with Bijan. I, I always try to put those kinds of talks off till after. I think that can create clutter in these guys. Um, I know he wants to come in here Friday and play well, wire into the game plan. Uh, when that time comes, when the regular season dies down, we'll have those discussions, not just with him but with his family. We'll get the necessary information in place so he can make a really good decision. No. Well, there you go. Great. And your question there. Thanks, Sark. That that really answers it. Uh, but, well, so I mean, there there will be several players. They're gonna they're gonna have to make COVID redshirt decisions here. 
Uh, so you got guys like DeMarvion Overshawn, you know, Deshaun James, and Anthony Cook. Like they, they're not going to have a say about it. Friday, that's their final home game. Mm-hmm. But you got you got guys like Roshan Johnson, Keandre Coburn, right? Jordan Whittington, Christian Jones, uh, a few others. They're among uh, four and five year players who do have the option to play another another season there. So you know, the focus is going to be on Baylor, but a lot of the focus, I think, for a lot of people, is already what's going to come next in their careers. So. Um, you know, and, and Sark was asked, you know, just how important Roshan Johnson it ha- you know, is and has been to this whole team. I owe a lot to him. You know, I owe a lot to our, to our, to our leadership committee and, the, and these seniors. Uh, but, Ro, you know, there's been a couple of very significant moments that, you know, somebody at some point needed to stand up. I, 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 my voice at some point it can only go so far until it comes from up here. And he took the initiative and did that. And very eloquent in his messaging to the team, but in a way that I felt like the players heard it and continue to hear it when he speaks. And I think that when you talk about what is a Texas Longhorn football player, in my mind, I think of Roshan Johnson because he's a selfless player. You know, he is not the star starting running back at the University of Texas. But yet that doesn't ever get in the way of his work ethic. That doesn't get ever get in the way of his approach. That doesn't ever get in the way of his want to and want to do well for his team and want to win. And he probably could be starting at a lot of other schools. But yet what does he do? He maximizes his opportunities every time he gets it. He doesn't count his reps. He makes his reps count. He starts on four special teams. He runs down on kickoff and makes tackle. He handles our punt team. He does all of the little things the right way that every time I meet with a young player, I always reference, how can you be more like him? That's, that's what your goal should be because that guy goes about it the right way and he's got a bright, bright future on the football field, but he's got probably even a brighter future off the football field because of who he is as a person. So I lots of lots of high praise from Sark for very warm Johnson as well. Uh, so and and Johnson does appear to have made his, his mind up here. Uh, you know about Friday very likely being his last game played at DKR. Okay. Uh, he he was asked about having a COVID eligibility year remaining, which he does. Okay. And, uh, so he he would have the opportunity if he wanted. Right. And but, he is a senior, but, but he's a senior. But he, and that's exactly what he said. He says, as of right now, I'm looking at it as I'm a senior. I'm a senior. I got my degree. It's kind of my situation right now. I'm not really banking on a COVID year as of now. So it sounds like Friday will be the last time you see him. Which is kind of strange. Look, And I don't want to speak for him because he clearly has a a future set for himself. But it seems strange having uh, one more year of eligibility. You're going to graduate anyway, so yeah. you basically just get a free ride in college. Kind of, yeah. And you get to you know maybe pad your stats a little bit more because like this has been the Bijan show for, yeah, for more. you're right. And if you give him a chance to shine, because we, we all know he can, um, this would be your opportunity. But maybe he has something else planned, and that's good for him. I don't want to. I don't want to put any words in his mouth. I was just. I'm just kind of curious about that. You're right. There. He could kind of coast with like a like a Van Wilder year. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. If he's graduated <laughs> but still has football eligibility, I don't really know how that works. But I feel like he still gets you know full use of any college. I would assume so. Stuff, but I mean, you have to be—you have to be a, a student to play. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, I mean, I would assume that that comes with all the, the perks, and bells, whistles, yeah. well, whatnot. Again, he—he he already knows he knows his plan. So good for him. Be sad to see him go. Uh, Jordan Whittington also going to have to make a decision here, uh, and uh, he was asked, you know, whether or not Friday maybe his last home game. Said, um, "I'm going to get together with my family, figure it out." He says, "Right now, I'm just worried about finishing the season strong, uh, and then we'll get to all that." I think I think he's ready. Yeah. 
I, I, it would also be a great benefit to have him back, of course, obviously, especially if uh, for Quinn Ewers or if maybe you know Arch Manning comes in and some for some reason wins the role. He's be a great security blanket for either of those guys, but also he'll do the same in the NFL. I think, yeah. you know, he may not get you know the starting job right away, but I mean, from everything I've heard from Sark saying where he basically does all the other little things, you know, he does. He's not always about his stats. He's about blocking. He's about helping his teammates. That that'll get you far in the NFL. Yeah, that'll yeah. get you more than just special teams looks. So yeah, for sure. I, I think he's ready, but again. I'm not going to speak for any of these kids. They're just kids. They're going to make their decisions. Well, UT says uh, Texas football will recognize, quote, almost 30 players prior to Friday's home game against Baylor. And we'll have a full list of Longhorns participating in Senior Day festivities, quote, say 30 later players in the week. It says 30 are going to be players. part of Senior Day? That's what it says. Ooh, that's going to well, take a while. It says almost 30 players. Ooh, so. That's going to be like... Two hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, but it's, also good for them because all those all of those thirty, almost thirty kids deserve it. Yeah, yeah. So you were just talking about Bijan Robinson, and the Dallas Morning News is asking a very interesting question here. Oh, have the Texas Longhorns squandered the Bijan Robinson era? Did I not say something about that yesterday? Mm, you may very well have. I'm pretty sure I did. We're going to dive more into that coming up. 512-834-1027 is the number. You want to join in? Give us a call. Be right back. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. I'm really proud of our guys to, to stack road wins together and to play the style of football that we've been playing. I think is a physical brand of football. I think you can feel our effort in which we play the game. I think we're playing smart, so I'm proud of the guys on that, you know. And again, you can always look back and play the what-if game, you know. What if this play, what if that play, and, and a couple other ball games. But in the end, the resiliency our guys have shown, I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of their ability to stick together, to fight through some of the adversity that we've that we've been faced with. Showed a great deal of perseverance and a lot of pride in putting on that jersey and that helmet every, every weekend. And so we got another opportunity this weekend to do that. Again, I've, I've always challenged our guys is, you know, when you when you get good victories, that's not the time to relax. That's the time to, to dig deeper and to hone in with even more mental intensity. And uh, I thought today really showed that short week. The guys came back with a great deal of energy, a lot of a lot of focus on what we're trying to get done Friday. So again, a lot to be proud of for the season, but more work to do. So that that's kind of the approach we have. No doubt, one more game left to go in, in the uh, in the season here. Possibly a Big Twelve championship. Possibly. Very unlikely, well, but yeah, there, yeah. there is anything can happen. But uh, crazier either, things have happened. Either way, uh, guaranteed winning season for yes. the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. A, a nice change from last year. How about that being the only four-loss team in the rankings too? That's yeah. got to feel yeah. pretty good. I yeah, guess. yeah. yeah I the mean, Horns have been doing there. something this year. Yeah. You know, they, they they've had their moments where everybody just was like, oh, "Here we go again." But See, they've me. also had some real shining. Well, not this guy. You're not. The, I have been glass half full this whole time. I yeah, I'm on the outside looking in perspective, yeah. but still, I did not see the sky falling like y'all did. Well, I, y'all, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 just that's the way it always is, you know. Things things go a little bit south, and uh, I'm aware you, know, you should. Longhorns uh, like to panic, you know. It's, uh, and then they come back around and realize, ah, oh, hey, you know, it's fine. Before the Germany game, you would not think that I was even a fan of the Seahawks when I watched because I basically just stone cold stared at the screen the whole time, not sure what's going to happen. And then the, then the Germany game happened, and you would think I was a completely different person. So, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, so we were talking earlier about, about you know, whether or not Bijan might be coming back. 
And uh, during the media availability... Seems he, very unlikely. He was actually asked what it would take for him to postpone, you know, heading straight to the NFL and actually come back to Texas for one more season. And his reply was, I never said I wasn't returning. <laughs> Please. Well, yeah, that's what he says. Uh, but, you know, either way, it's, it, it's very likely winding down very rapidly here, yeah. here at UT for Bijan. Uh, he's putting up some, some huge numbers, though. I mean, up there with names like Campbell and Williams and Benson. Uh, so uh, a lot to be proud of. Absolutely, but no it, doubt. But that would be sort of an interesting legacy for him to leave. In that you know, all those numbers and did Texas actually get the most out of him? Yeah, possibly could. They're nineteen and fourteen in his three years. They've yet to reach the Big Twelve title game, and uh, you know there have been questions since his freshman year. Uh, or, or I mean, you know, just about Texas and and yeah, Tom Herman back there. He's using that three running back rotation, uh, and Robinson only got about nine point six carries in, in his nine games. You know, I mean, just uh, that's a tragic and shocking number here. He was the nation's number one running back, you know, coming out of high school in Arizona at the mm-hmm. time. I remember uh, Sark took over. Robinson got some more touches. He had eleven hundred and twenty-seven yards, eleven touchdowns, uh, and then uh, they went five and seven that year. Bigger year this year, they're 1,401 yards. But, um, you know, on the biggest stage, you didn't see him do much. 29 yards, 12 carries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Dallas Morning News asked, you know, a lot of if, if, and, and you've asked this week, I mean, ha, have the Longhorns underutilized? Have they blown their time with B. John Robinson? Because very likely, we're not going to be saying his name next year. At least yeah. them, you know, not here for UT. Look, I said it yesterday, right? You can check the tape. I kind of blame, and I I blame Stark a little bit for for that. Yep. For Bijan not getting more of the Heisman hype, because he disappeared for no reason, and all those wins, he was a dominant force on that team, yep. and it was obvious. I mean, even if they, you know, even if you're not getting the yards, at least you're getting him the touches to give him a chance. So if it looks skewed, like say he had 15 carries for. 30 yards, okay, at least you try. You really put out an effort to get him there. And I'm saying 15 carries as in that should be like the bare minimum. Yeah. You know, and he got 12 against TCU, correct? Correct. It's just unacceptable. Yeah. It's not right. 29 yards on 12 carries to be exact. It's Exactly. See, that's my point. Yeah. It, maybe he didn't get that many uh, many more yards after, but and you got him, but at least you got him close to 20 carries. You gave him a shot. You let him try and be that guy. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know. Give every I'll give all credit to TCU's defense for stopping him. Absolutely, but, but basically your own coach stopped you at that point. You could argue that as well. Uh, expect him though uh, to pass Jamal Charles on 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 Friday. Uh, he's ninety seven yards away from mm-hmm. uh, being fourth all time on, on Texas rushing list. So you know, I also fully expect him to go to the NFL. Yeah, I yeah I don't see him sticking around, and that's. More of a credit to what he's done in in the time he's spent here, yeah. uh, than anything else, because he deserves it. He does. He has nothing left to prove on this team. He's done everything he can. Yeah. Hey, uh, did you hear the news? Uh, th- this th- we, maybe we should have led with this that EA Sports is. We now have a date for when they're going to release their college football game. Summer really twenty twenty four. Oh man, summer twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm you still very very you still excited and curious to see that because I played that a lot as a kid. Yeah, I absolutely did. David Holt, he's the EA Sports vice president, general manager. He told ESPN in an interview that uh, the brand's going to launch uh, EA Sports College Football at that time, uh, because of the, the enormous undertaking of, of creating the game from scratch. 
You've got everything, all, all this new NIL stuff that's thrown in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're, they're trying to figure out a way to use real college football players in the game uh, and do it properly. And uh, I, But I don't know. I expect them to go big. Apparently they're going to return to some of the old school, like the, the, um, the dynasty mode and things like that. Good, because that was my favorite part when mm-hmm. I got to basically control the program. Recruiting, I got the to transfer portal yeah. and all that stuff. I was a king of that in the basketball game. Man, I got every top recruit to come to Washington. It was it was dope. I miss that. What's your favorite sports game of all time? Um, it could be just a general franchise. It doesn't have to be a specific year. Uh, I think honestly, it's got to be either the Madden version. Uh, oh, what was it? What year was it? Probably twenty twelve was probably my favorite Madden year. Mm-hmm. Whatever one had Richard Sherman on the cover was actually one of the best. Yeah. And I actually haven't bought a Madden since that. Uh, but I think it was EA Sports presents NFL. They oh. had EA Sports had their own NFL game, and you could uh, you could you could be the uh, you could get into like the the helmet cam. Oh, nice! I thought that was super cool. Cool. Uh, they made those games really easy. Actually, NFL Blitz. I still play. I NFL do remember Blitz. that one. I absolutely love NFL Blitz. Yeah. That game was so much fun. NBA Jam. He's on fire. See now, if you're gonna go retro, it's it's hard not to take it back to Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, Bo, Bo Jackson, absolutely sure. unstoppable for, on Tecmo Bowl. Absolutely unstoppable. Just zigzag your way to every a touchdown every sure. time you give it to him. It, it, it was a great game at the time. But I'm going to go with... It's, it's, hard, it's hard to play that game. I'm going to go... See, I, I'm going to have a struggle between... Or double dribble. Between, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I remember I used to have on the computer, I was Magic versus Bird. And, yeah. then, and then Jordan versus Bird. They called it one-on-one. Charles Barkley, shut up and jam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to have to go... Yeah, it's a toss-up for me between MLB The Show and... EA's Fight Night. Okay. I formerly take a, known as Knockout Kings. I take back everything I just said because I'm literally playing this game right now. I finally, we set up a little retro station at my house. And right now I have in my Super Nintendo, Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. And I'm on a full right. season mode right now. Dude, I lost the Very first good. three games of that when I started a new season. And I almost threw my controller at my TV. <laughs> I won twelve straight since, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I miss I, I miss playing that game. I absolutely love playing those retro games. Yeah, me too. It's so much fun. Me too. Uh, so the NFL. What's yours? Eight three four one zero two seven five one two. Let us know. Yes, indeed. We'd you love to talk about it. I would love to talk to you about that. I'm a geek for yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely, absolute geek. Uh, so the NFL Players Association has filed a collusion claim over guaranteed contracts. Uh, it was it was last month that the uh, the NFLP executive director Damari Smith strongly hinted that a collusion claim was coming. Is regarding the refusal of teams to give veteran players fully guaranteed contracts. Within 48 hours of Smith's remarks, the NFL made it known that uh, the collusion bird had landed. Uh, so, uh, uh, Catherine Collar of the Athletic uh, says in a memo, uh, the NFL General Counsel uh, Jeff Pash informed the league's teams of the union's formal allegation. The team had agreed not to make fully guaranteed contracts available to, quote, certain quarterbacks after the Browns gave Deshaun Watson a five-year fully guaranteed contract. Mm-hmm. Occlusion claim uh, contends the NFL owners and executives discussed at an August 9th ownership meeting not agreeing to additional player contracts with fully guaranteed salaries. You know, it'll need to prove something along those lines happened, but uh, you know, otherwise just you know, the NFL can just argue that the teams independently decided it's things. It's hearsay. Here. It's hearsay, right. <laughs> Uh, but uh, since Watson signed the deal, uh, players like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, they've gotten long-term deals that aren't fully guaranteed. 
And it didn't seem to be a big deal with them, but uh, for Lamar Jackson, it actually was it prevented the deal from getting done. Mm. Uh, so the union believes there's smoke. Now they're just going to have to go looking for some fire. Okay. So, All right. Go. Good to know. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of the NFL, did you watch last night? You watched the game last night? I did. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was a. That's a fun crowd. Yeah. That was super fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't care which side of whether it was Kyle Shanahan or uh, or. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. You thank go. you. Uh, no matter if you're happy, sad on that on the either side, they they, they both had high, yeah, uh, heaped very high praise on things. But uh, the, not definitely not one of the closer games that we've seen on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I was really holding out hope that Colt McCoy could uh, find some old Texas Longhorn magic in him. Uh, he took a beating in the yeah, second he, half, he didn't got he? His butt kicked. Oh yeah. man, that's like you contemplate retirement, retiring after the season after a game like that. Well, I mean, so he's he's up there. So yeah, but oh, so he had his hand stepped on by accident by yeah, Nick sure. Bosa, and then he took a hit from behind from Nick Bosa. Well, <laughs> oh, you don't want to get hit from right. Also, took pretty hard all. sack from Kevin Givens, but through it all went twenty four thirty four for two hundred eighteen yards. He threw one interception, mm-hmm. but uh, not the worst showing I've seen. Certainly, I mean the offense couldn't do anything. Look at what Zach Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins, and everyone else on that team. Yeah, now yeah. 49ers got away again, 387 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo went 20 of 29 for 228 and four yeah. TDs. Yeah, yeah they uh, they're now uh, in first place in the NFC West. Yeah, they, uh, they bumped up my uh, bumped over my Seahawks because they beat us in week two. Yeah, uh, I still don't know how they beat how they won that game because they looked awful the next couple games. The Seahawks. Yeah, because we took That's out what you guys uh, what's his name Trey Lance went out with a with a concussion or whatever, but he's out for the season now. Jimmy Garoppolo looked like crap, and yet he still couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so it was probably the worst, arguably the worst loss of the season for the Cardinals so far. I mean, far. they're done, man. It's over. Getting blown out there I, in front of an international audience. Yeah, it would be boost. surprising if Kling, Kling, Kiff, wow, oh my God, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Woo! Said it. <laughs> uh, I can talk if he survives this season. Did you uh, did you hear Troy Aikman get a little animated there toward the end of the game no, uh, about uh, Antonio get... Hamilton and his and his weak tackle attempt? He loves to talk, huh? So Aikman, Aikman was on the call along with Joe Buck, uh, taking particular exception to this. It was in the fourth quarter. Um, George Kittle he ran thirty two yards up the sideline for a touchdown. Kittle was approaching the the goal line, and Antonio Hamilton just kind of appeared to ease things up. A love tap. Yeah, no, not say, not even. Say. Just just kind of yeah, given had a chance to make the tackle, just sort of eased up, and uh, and and let let Kittle squirt uh, skirt right by. Aikman was not impressed. This is embarrassing for the Arizona Cardinals. At the end of this play, I mean, he's wide open, but at the end, how how Antonio Hamilton doesn't come up after all the tackles he made last week and even tries to make an attempt on George Kittle. It's not. They're a losing football team, and, and, and they're playing like one on that play. Yeah, they just gave up. Season over. Forget about it. I think most of these guys know that, so they're not going to go all out on these plays anymore because they have nothing to play for at this point. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury wasn't, pl- wasn't pleased, but he actually was pretty stoked to be able to play there in Mexico. He dug it. Yeah, the atmosphere was incredible. They put on a great um, game, and the entire... You know, weekend was spectacular. I wish we could have performed better, but yeah, that was a, a great atmosphere for football. That's one of the things I noticed. You apparently noticed it too. That yeah, that fun. crowd was raucous. It looked like so much fun there. 
if only all NFL games could be like that, or like they are at KBO sta- uh, games as well in, in, in Korea. Korea, the Korean Baseball mm-hmm. League, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Or J- the ja- I mean, in Japan too, they do the same thing. I mean, it's just a fun atmosphere. It's almost like playing soccer. Yeah, and just you don't have to be. Qu- I mean, I guess you do have to be quiet during you know during the offense, but I mean, have fun during the off time, during the downtime, and when the when your defense is on. Yeah, I, I, I noticed it because I I went to. I had season tickets for a long time, and you know, you sit. The closer you sit to the field, no matter where you are, you, it's frowned upon to stand up, and it's just embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed I, to have fun at football games, not just sit there on your hands and go woo. Yeah. First down, yay, touchdown. You got a root. Who root, is root this? Root Al Michaels. Jeez, Al Michaels <laughs> fans out there, come on. <laughs> uh, so uh, coming up. A trio of uh, pretty good Thanksgiving games look on the look to be on the horizon here, including mm-hmm. Cowboys Giants. And I like the Cowboys Giants a lot in this one. You don't or do? I do. Okay, I do very much. Uh, Tom Brady, Steph Curry, reportedly under investigation here in Texas following that FTX bit, uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency collapse. Whoops! And Aaron Judge has arrived in San Francisco as the Giants have said, no dollar amount is too much for this man. Gonna be a lot of dollars. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven is the number. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on one zero two seven ESPN. And welcome back to the bullpen. Final segment here on this Tuesday. It feels like a Thursday edition of the bullpen. Kind of is. In a way, For it us, is. At least. In a way, it is because we will not be here Thursday nor Friday. Nor Friday. You can certainly so still we'll tune keep telling in for all that right fine now. ESPN programming That's on right. 127. Absolutely. We hope you all have do, a wonderful holiday. Do that. Uh, so we got some, I don't know, look, look to be some pretty good Thanksgiving Day games coming up here. Of course. That's right. It's the reason we can't be on the air. We've got the uh, first annual John Madden Thanksgiving celebration. Oh. Uh, I haven't really heard of this. So it's for the first time since the NFL expanded the Thanksgiving, uh, the Thanksgiving slate back in 2006 uh, to include primetime game. It's uh, probably the best trio turkey day contest you could imagine here. You've got uh, five of the six teams that are going to be playing Thursday looking pretty strong right now. And then you've got the Lions. They're coming on three in a row, mm-hmm. you know, trying to. So looking good. Very likely capable of taking on the Bills. Hopefully uh, helping Dan Campbell keep his job. Yeah, yeah. So Seems you got, like it's working. So you got uh, Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Patriots, Vikings. Do you see the Bills losing that game? Well, it's such a crapshoot now because see, they just really haven't looked that great. And and the Lions have been surprisingly not awful. Something's going on with Josh Allen. He's definitely so. hurt because yep. he he was lights out in the first few fewer some yeah, odd, he was, some odd he? weeks. And then what well, he got hurt and he hasn't really been the same. So he's playing hurt on something because he's my fantasy guy and he used to give me twenty five points a game easily and he hasn't sniffed twenty points in a while. Well, I so, don't know. So, so you, to you, me, you, that feels like something's wrong, Josh. So who What's do you up? like? Who do you like in that game then? I mean, I it's still, hard not I to still, take the Bills, to, yeah, right? It's hard to say. It's hard to root against or pick against the Bills. It really is. But these Lion teams are. This Lion team is feeling good about themselves, and this Bills team is not. So yeah. you never know. I still want. I would still assume the Bills will win this game because they need to. Right. Right. But. Now, coming off of that demoralizing loss against uh, Dallas, who do you like? Patriots, Vikings. I, I, it's hard not to. I, I got to. Still got to go to the Vikings. I, I got to think the Vikings. Yeah. yeah, we'll have a bounce back game definitely yeah. because they were embarrassed. Absolutely, they absolutely were. destroyed. Not happy by Dallas. Not Woo! happy. Uh, and then uh, Giants, Giants, Cowboys. 
Go Cowboys. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Giants uh, are not playing as well as they were early on, and they've been a struggle bus as of late. So They have. They, they, they absolutely have. Um, they've had some you know, injury report looking yeah. even worse uh, with uh, receiver, uh, receiver Wondell Robinson. He tore his ACL in that loss to the Lions. Mm-hmm. Noah Dory Jackson. Noah Dory Jackson. Four to six weeks. Four I think to six I saw. weeks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's tough. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I. I. I think it's hard. It's hard to take. It's hard to take anybody with the Cowboys there. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love. They're feeling good about themselves. Definitely. I think at this point, you know, everybody's everybody's expecting the Cowboys to win when they go out there. Although nobody expected the the Giants to be you know where they are mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So well. Bummer, Giants. Sorry, sorry, Giants fans. It seems like it's not going well. Bummer, Giants. Bummer, indeed. Giants fans. Uh, so the Texas State Securities Board has reportedly expanded its investigation into cryptocurrency platform FT- FTX's operations and its subsequent bra- bankruptcy. <laughs> now it includes scrutinizing promotions by celebrities like Tom Brady and Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. As first reported by Bloomberg News, and it has been confirmed by the Texas Tribune. Uh, but uh, according to Joe Rotunda, director of enforcement of the Texas State Securities Board, he says anyone who renders investment advice in Texas typically needs to be registered, and they typically have to truthfully disclose all uh, all known material facts. He says in Texas, there's not a different system of justice or regulation for people who are celebrities. This comes, of course, after the news broke that uh, that class action lawsuit's being filed last week. It also names Curry and Brady as well, uh, a slew of other celebrities, yeah. uh, and that uh, CEO Sam Bankman Freed. Or uh, SBF, as he likes to call himself. But uh, the lawsuit claims they, they, that uh, Curry and Brady, among others, quote, either controlled or promoted, assisted in, and actively participated in the alleged scheme, and uh, that they were aggressively marketing FTX. Probably because he paid them a buttload to do it. They were just doing what they were told. Yeah. It's not like they had any real skin in the game, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't think. Maybe they were gifted... Bitcoin or something for doing the ad, but very possible. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's something that those guys would be really interested in doing beyond just getting paid to be their spokesperson. I mean, maybe it was just it's a cool just another thing. endorsement to these guys. I would think. But you know, I mean, we've we've seen celebrities not immune to this this whole issue uh, problems for right. uh, promoting cryptocurrency. Yeah, uh, was it Kim Kardashian just recently? She paid a she paid a one point two six million dollar settlement to the SEC after allegations that. Uh, she was uh, promoting a crypto token mm-hmm. on her Instagram, but right. she didn't reveal it was a paid promotion. And uh, she got like 250K for it. Yeah. And Matt Damon was the, like, the face of uh, Crypto.com app for a long That's time. That's right. I forgot about he that. Was, uh, he, I mean, they were, showing, <laughs> they were showing that ad in movie theaters before movies. Like, he was all over the place. Yep. yep. But Crypto.com, I don't think, is in trouble. I think they're fine. This is just a whole FTX thing. Yeah, I'm and not. Man, they had the the umpires have had those FTX patches for years, a couple years now. Have they really? I've, I've you not, never noticed no. that? Yeah, they've always had an FTX patch on. That's no what that kidding. was. I, I, wow. Like everybody was a part of this. Thing. I never even noticed that. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look. Crazy. It's bonkers. This is a big deal. Like, yeah, this, this is huge. This guy has sunk the world for Isn't a lot of people. Isn't this supposed to like collapse the Bitcoin market or something like that, or the crypto market? Because I haven't really seen that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it certainly collapsed his company. Yeah, sent it into immediate bankruptcy. Into hedge funds and and such. It's 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 bad news. It's bad news. Hey, uh, so Aaron Judge has arrived in San Francisco to dun, meet dun, dun, with dun. the Giants. Yeah, this. Uh, who's this according to? Uh, John John Paul Morosi, I think, with MLB is reporting this. JP Morosi, yeah, yeah. love that guy. Uh, see, he's the highest profile name in this year's loaded free agency class by far, leaps and bounds. 
above all others, mm-hmm. the highest, highest profile. Uh, so he's in the Bay Area today. Uh, said it, it, in an impromptu interview, he's just there to see his family. Yeah, right. We yeah, know, there was a there was a, a video. I don't know if it was at the airport or at a hotel. It, there's no context to the video. Just some lady is just videoing Aaron Judge, being like, "Hey, Aaron Judge, what are you doing?" Mm. He goes, "Hey, I'm here as your family and friends." <laughs> yeah, this is my Aaron Judge voice. He's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you got anything fun planned?" Yeah, we got something planned. And that was it. That's about it. That was it. That was the entire video. Everybody's being but real cagey a, about he it. He had a little little smirk, like you know, he knew. I mean, it was it was obvious news at that point when the video basically surfaced. But yeah, we all he he, he knew he was what he was doing. We're, we're saying, I really this, hope this he signs the, early, with the Giants. This is the very very beginnings of a bidding war here because you know the Yanks want to keep him in the Bronx. Uh, they've said that they're gonna they they've expressed a strong desire to retain him through this winter. Mm-hmm. But you've also got the Giants who have said, quote, they're going to spend whatever it takes in free agency. This after they finished 81 and 81 on the season. They really want somebody. Well, they won 100 Judges. games the year before. And they won that, yeah. They were 105. So you got Judge from Northern California. He grew up rooting for the Giants. Mm-hmm. He's got his in-laws. Uh, they still live in Linden, which is about 100 miles away from uh, San Francisco. That's where he's going, dude. I mean, if you're the Giants, how do you let him leave your city? How do you let him leave the office without a signed deal? Because if they, they better put their money where their mouth is. Because call Suge Knight. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if they say no amount of money is is enough, then are you going to pay him like three seventy five? Yeah. Because the Yanks are scared to pay him three, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go up to almost four, you got to you got to make the Yankees want to pay almost four hundred mil for this guy. If that's what you, and they also have to sell a rebuild as well to this guy. That's right. So, but, and it very much is a rebuild team. But you can see, you've seen how quickly teams can spend money and the rebuild can be done like that. Think about how many balls, those balls are going to end up in the water. Dude, you can see more. If if he went over there, he's going to hit triples alley all the time. You got to believe. You got to think. You would think that if uh, he's going to sign a long enough contract if he goes there to where when it's all said and done, he will have hit far more balls into that bay yeah. than Barry Bonds ever could have imagined. Yeah, I mean, but that's still a long porch compared to Yankee Stadium. So he may get, he may not hit as many home really runs. Very, very, yeah. People, people like to trash left field at Minute Maid Park. Who me? Right? No, I'm just <laughs> no, a lot me. of people. Definitely you okay. Me. Well, yes. Right field at Fenway Park. Right field at Pesky's Pole. There, that's le- there's a point. It's less than 300 feet. Right in right field at Fenway. Right, but people forget that that Yankee Stadium is a very has its own very short porch. Isn't it like three fifteen? Yeah, to right or something like yeah. that. Three like barely three hundred. And I don't it's like believe it's center style. field is all that deep either. There at, at Yankee Stadium, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's one of the deeper ballparks. For Do you field. know why? And maybe this is a question for somebody from Minnesota, but I've always been curious why in Minnesota they had the glass pane throughout the entire outfield line for the longest time. So if you hit that glass. It doesn't count as a home run, even though you would technically, yeah, that would have been a home run at any other ballpark without that glass. Mm-hmm. So I've just been, I was always been curious about design that. flaw. Well, so I always it's just figured something. It's like, oh, well, I know they want to maybe keeping fans that. safe, but also you're you're literally hurting people's careers, right. right? If they can't hit it over a ten foot pane of glass above the the you know the the line, the rail. It was at uh, Target Field, right? You're talking about no, this was no, this was uh, the the. Uh, what was their dome called? Oh, Metrodome. You, the Metrodome. You're talking about the old stadium. I'm talking about okay. the old stadium. All right. The old stadium had it. 
I guess it was I guess a long was, time getting, ago. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm but just, I don't remember I'm any other stadium confused. You're doing right, yeah. that, right? Yeah. My memories are mixed. That's okay. It was Kirby Puckett time. That's what I was oh, Kirby. in that era. era. Anyway. One of the tragic one of the tra- one of the tragedies of baseball, losing him. Yeah. Losing Tony Gwynn. You yeah. know, guys like him. Just one one in a million. But man, their their uh their tree branch or their branches go a long way in the MLB because yeah. Ty France on the Mariners, first baseman, his his college coach was Tony Gwynn. And so like he took that everything that he does and and carried that on with his career. And look how far it's gotten. In. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure at one point in time I saw a video of of Ted Williams guiding Tony Gwynn on on a, a swing. Really? As well, yeah. If I, I I could be totally just imagining that, but I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a video out there of Ted Williams showing showing bad, Tony Gwynn a few yeah, things or two. Not a bad person to have in your ear. Not uh, one bit. When you bat 406, right? Yeah. Jeez. Not at all. Uh, looks like the Astros have uh, continuing interest in Jose Abreu. So uh, and, and that that's a dude who hasn't fallen short of expectations yet. Heard the Padres as well are very interested in him. Yeah, well the Astros like lost out. Lost out Rizzo. They they need a first baseman now. You know, Gurriel. Why not Gurriel? I, I mean, I know he's getting up there in age, but he's still producing. I think they're worried about his age, and I don't. I don't know. I, I think they want. I think they want to move on. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, I, don't know. I don't think Jose Abreu. I mean, that's basically the same person, except uh, Gurriel can run a little bit quicker than. Abreu. Yeah, I mean, Abreu is what? He's like 36. But yeah, then he, he doesn't have the like same power he once had. Like yeah, yeah. Like I said, they're out there, but I feel like Guriel is in a little bit better shape leg wise. Well, I, I would argue that there's probably, there's probably no first baseman in the free agency market who's probably better than Trades. Abreu right now. Come on, man. Who? Trades. Tra- well, there's trades. Everybody's Certainly. available, man. Certainly. You know it. Uh, Fangraphs have predicted a two year deal in the range of 32 to $38 million. For Abreu? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. MLB trade rumors predicted to deal the same length of forty million dollars. So forty million, forty million dollars. Yeah, they're just throwing money away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, back on the Longhorns here, real quick, as we're wrapping things up. Did yeah. you hear, uh, men's basketball won again? No, four and zero against Northern Dis- Arizona. The dismantling of what Northern was the score? Arizona. Uh, this was a score of seventy three forty eight in Edinburgh last night. As it was that close. <laughs> It, Where did they play? Uh, and and I, I think it was it was in Edinburgh, Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, some arena somewhere. I, I I missed the name of it, but uh, it wasn't at the Moody hmm. Center. There were there there. Bless it, bless the Moody. Yes, indeed. Uh, but the, yeah, the newly minted number four Texas Long, uh, Longhorns men basketball team. Yeah, off to a dominant start this season. Four and zero now. They moved up to four and zero last night, Hell dismantling yeah. of Arizona, Northern Arizona. Uh, they they're continuing that roaring offensive output. Uh, well, following that pretty handy handy drumming of then number two Gonzaga, things look really good. Yeah, for these guys, well, I they really, got another really like test it. coming their way this this week. Uh, yeah, let's see. So they've got uh, who do they got? So they're they're turning their attention actually to UT Rio Grande Valley Vaqueros. Then they're going to prepare for that top ten matchup. I cannot keep up with this <laughs> with this schedule. I keep thinking Creighton's next week. I think or Creighton this week is December first. I'm just really excited to watch that game. I mean, this, this is another chance to prove that you are a top team, especially yeah. if you blow out a, a, t- another top 10 opponent. Yeah, well, you know, they've got that real versatile backcourt tandem, Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter. They combined, I think, for 27 points last night. Uh, Dylan DeSue, also a big factor, 10 points. Arterio Mortis, uh, the freshman, 11 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're looking good. They're, they're firing on all cylinders. Yes. Yeah, Chris, Chris Beard definitely doing something right, and he's doing something right in, in the, just the, the team – 
vibe. Atmosphere. These guys are, you, you can see that they're smiling. They're having a good time. I keep saying it. He's the people's coach. Yeah, yeah. 100% he, through and through. He's absolutely doing something right. And we love them. to see it. Yes, indeed, we do. Uh, also, uh, you know, the Horns, apparently, uh, they're uh, on the recruiting trail, finally. They've signed, uh, let's see, A.J. Johnson, guard out of uh, Southern California. Signed his letter of intent yesterday. Word up. So uh, he's a five-star talent, number two overall player in California per wow. 24-7. That's a big sign. Hell yeah. He was considering LSU, uh, Louisville, NC State. LSU is the only other uh, school besides Texas. Surprising but, uh, a five-star has such uh, maybe lower-profile teams yeah. after him. Besides Texas. He joins uh, in-state talent Ron Holland. Has the only two signings for Texas men's basketball class of 23 so far. All right. Good for you, kid. That's going to do it for us. Stick around. Paul Feinbaum is coming up next, and we will be back tomorrow. We'll see you then. See you.